down, you guys. Shuffle up your deck. Loosen up your thumbs. This is Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B. Welcome back to Cover B. We are here with some power game. Oh yeah. So all you non-nerds, get the hell out of here. No, you can stay. You can stay. Learn something. <laughs> this game's get not... culture. <laughs> it's not inherently that nerdy, yeah, right? Yeah, it's not too bad. <laughs> Marvel is more I mean if you're now. admittedly if you're not a nerd to some degree I'm going to just assume you clicked on this podcast accidentally. <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. The fantasy football podcast is two doors down. Yeah. It's okay. Right. Easy mistake. You were probably looking for Cover Me, a podcast about stories of military excellence. That's one one click down, my friend. <laughs> it's okay. We Alphabetically, understand. it's the next one. Go check it out. Tell them we said hi. Anyway, um, <laughs> if there's actually a Cover Me podcast. <laughs> I hope it's about military stuff. If there's a Cover Me podcast, we just gave some awesome free publicity. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> I respect it in return. Anyway, we are talking about board games uh, today. We Powered Gaming is where we talk about board games, video games, card games. Uh, powered Gaming After Dark is where we talk about adult games. Ooh. Uh, no, <laughs> we don't have a Power Gamer After Dark segment yet. Anyway, we're talking about Marvel Dice Throne. Ooh. Dice Throne is a... I believe their official description is like a heart-pumping, fast-paced dice game. Uh, oh, snap. Brought to you by OP Games and Boxley. Uh, it is a game created by Nate Chatelier, uh, Manny Trimbley, and Gavin Brown. And apologize if I pronounced any of those wrong, especially you, Gavin Brown. Um, <laughs> but we played Marvel version. Yeah! So we can talk about it, because that's how this works. <laughs> Anyway, the, the normal version of this game has a bunch of just kind of standard fantasy type, archetype type characters like barbarians and huntress and tactician and vampires and stuff like that. The Marvel version, uh, the core game has four characters and then there's two expansions uh, that have two characters each. The core game has Scarlet Witch, Thor, Loki, and Miles Morales, which is kind of that one of these things is not like the other. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the expansions, there's an expansion that has Black Panther and Captain Marvel, and then another expansion uh, that has Doctor Strange and Black Widow. Doctor Strange and Miles Morales probably should have swapped places, but who am I to judge? Also, how dare you try to sell a Marvel game without a spider person in it, I guess. Yeah, um, that's probably what it was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the way the game works is its core gameplay, I believe, is meant to be 1v1. So any of those two-player expansions can be played pretty much right out of the box. I don't know if they come with a complete rule set, though, so you may need the core game uh, in order to know what the heck you're doing. Um, each character, you select a character. Each character comes with a big character placard that has all its uh, different powers on it. They've got five D6s 
that will be rolled to activate all of the powers going forward. Uh, they have various tokens for the different powers and status effects that they can enact on themselves and others. Um, and then they have a uh, leaflet with like a rundown of rules and what all the status effects do. Like I said, you play at 1v1. You can also, they do have rules for three, for three person play, which is called King of the Hill, where everyone's kind of going against each other. Uh, and then they have four person play uh, is 2v2. So it's two teams of two. Uh, and they recommend starting 1v1 and then working your way up to 2v2 uh, so that you get a handle on the rules and everything. As far as how the game works, each person picks a player. And then, like I said, the placard has a series of different powers on it. Uh, utilizing your dice, you roll each face of the each die has different symbols on it and you need to acquire a certain combination of symbols in order to activate different powers throughout the game you also accrue cards from your character's specific hand that can do things everywhere from activating abilities to cause damage upgrading you literally place them on top of powers in order to upgrade the power and make it slightly more powerful uh, you can change the denomination of dice or re-roll dice you can protect yourself against damage etc 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 and each character has their own deck with certain things uh you also have status effects that you can enact for instance we played as thor and loki thor has a status effect called electrokinesis wherein he can accrue up to four of those through different means one of which being retrieving mjolnir after he's thrown it at somebody uh, once he gets three of those, he can spend those three in order to draw a card at any point in time. Uh, he can also use those to upgrade the damage of certain powers. Loki had, what was it? Illusion. There were multiple different status effects. One of the most interesting was one that allows you to block the, um, functionality of your opponent's, mm -hmm. um, different attacks and abilities. You could actually like drop a little marker down and be like you can't use that it's not active until yeah. the end of your turn um and uh you could do that to anybody so that was pretty cool there was also another status effect which um had to be resolved at the top and it was called bag of tricks and it had various different effects based on what you roll mm -hmm. and then one of the most annoying was illusion wherein loki puts an illusion on himself if you attack him uh, you have to draw from three cards. One card says the attack hits, one card says it misses, and one card says it only kind of hits. You hit him in the knee or something. Yeah, partial. Uh, and he <laughs> takes half damage. Uh, it sucked and was annoying, and I hated it. <laughs> anyway, the way the order rolls out is effectively roll off, uh, and the highest roll gets to go first. Uh, you open with a upkeep phase wherein any cards or abilities that require upkeep, like that bag of tricks, like T mentioned, uh, you resolve those first. You then gain one combat point. You have a little dial marking your combat point. You have another little placard marking your hit points. Um, you gain one combat point. You gain one card. You enter the main phase wherein you play any cards that are restricted to the main phase. You then call out what attack you might be doing. You well, you roll, and you have you can roll re-roll three times, uh, any number of dice. So you can take some out, keep some, lock some in. Uh, during that roll phase, other players and yourself 
can play down cards that force rerolls or change the denomination of certain things. Uh, if a opposing player forces a reroll and you haven't used all your rerolls, you're welcome to do that again. Or if they change one of the denominations of your dice, uh, you can reroll again as long as you still have that reroll. Once you have a combination of dice that you're happy with, you pick a power, declare your target, which in a 1v1 game is just the other person. Uh, and then you activate all the things that the powers say. The nice thing about this game is that everything's really laid out for you. Pretty much says everything uh, that the powers do and what sort of process to take. Um, the opposing player being attacked also has a defensive power that they can activate that usually, I think Loki's was 1d6 they could roll, Thor's was 3d6, and does different things everywhere from dealing counter damage to reflecting damage or deflecting damage to you know gaining electrokinesis or status effects things like that um once everything's done you then enter main phase two play some more cards you then enter discard phase wherein you can sell cards for combat points as long as you end your phase with no more than six cards uh and that's pretty much it there's a few other kind of you know more specific things like different damage types there's undefensible damage which is avoidable but not you can't do your defense power you could do things like illusion but you can't do your defense power everyone has an ultimate ability which is typically rolling five sixes um and that's like unavoidable undefensible and does a ton of damage we never saw that happen because we suck <laughs> uh <laughs> never just never happened never got i tried i tried to get close could never get enough sixes to even use cards to activate things yeah um, but it's, it's pretty back and forth. It's pretty tight. It is pretty heart pounding and fast paced, uh, four player games. We didn't try that, but, uh, according to the rules, they work very much the same. You just have the addition of a targeting phase so you can pick a target. Um, three player games again, work very much the same. You just pick a target instead of just like moving through the attack phase. You have to declare a target and stuff like that. But uh otherwise it's pretty it's pretty there's a lot happening but once you really like get in the rhythm of it it's pretty self-explanatory and it flows pretty well so if this is your first time listening to a powered gaming with cover b welcome we're glad you're here if this is not your first time listening to a powered gaming from cover b you know that i have the attention span of a hamster and can pretty much follow along with games about as well as goldfish so, I really enjoyed this game because it's super fast, super easy, and super efficient. Yep. There is not extra crap in this game. There's not setting up for two hours before the game happens, looking at you, certain rhymes with smoomshmaven. Um, <laughs> you get your placard, you get your cards, you get your stuff, and you go, and you roll. And then you're rolling stuff, and it's back and forth, and yep. back and forth. You're not waiting. You're not overly thinking too hard. There's no, oh, I well, if I do this, and then I do that, and then I do that. There's not a whole lot of forward planning. Yeah. You don't know what you're going to roll. You just roll, and you pray that one of your abilities fits what you rolled, and then you move <laughs> on. It, and I love that. It helps that this game, in my opinion, has some of the best out-of-the-box materials and organization that i've ever seen oh yeah you know you open the box the first time and it has a little punch out 
um, and you punch out all the tokens and stuff. And then, but each character's placard is already in a plastic sealed thing. A little box. They have a little tray, plastic sealed, ready to go. You open that, you put the tokens in there. They've got their deck of cards in there. It's all already isolated. Yeah. From the jump. There's not like trays and then you have to isolate everything out or you get online and buy trays. It's all ready to go. Yeah. So like T said, it is a very like you could take this game and just whip it out and play it whenever you wanted because it's all just ready to go and organized. It's so efficient. You open the little plastic thing, shuffle the deck, and then you're ready to roll. Let's go. And the materials in and of themselves are just so nice. Like the plastic placards are thick and arted up and fancy and well-designed and the dice are really cool and each character has unique dice it's not just like you know they could have just done like redone symbols like marvel adjacent symbols for every every Mm -hmm. d6 but they did you know thor's got hammers and then helmets and lightning bolts and loki's got like the scepter and his little horn helmet thing and like a magic symbol and one of your favorite things is that this feels like very original art. It doesn't feel just yeah. like, let's reuse some comic exactly. covers, hoop de doo It has original, fresh art, which Marvel has been doing consistently in their board games, and I'm very appreciative of it. It always bothered me in a lot of the earlier games that Marvel did that it was just like comic covers, like, mm-hmm. you know, copy and pasted it on. They just went on the Marvel wiki, and they were like, <laughs> we need a cap Marvel cover, and they just, like, did it, and, you know... Not only, A, did that mean at any point in time playing one of those games, I might be accosted by Greg Landart. It also meant that <laughs> it was it just didn't feel fresh. It didn't feel cool and nifty and kind of unique. unique. Exactly. And they've recently started diverting from that. They've started to have fresh new art. Even in their game that they've, they've got going on that I'm like resistant to Marvel Snap. Like, you look at that and they've got like... They do have some, I think, comic covers in there, but they've got like some fresh, unique art for the game, and it's it's cool. I like that, and this has that. It it feels fresh and new. Gameplay took probably about an hour, hour and a half. Yeah, Maybe it was we pretty quick. We were a little slow in the beginning because we were just trying to get used to the rules, and we were kind of like thumbing through the rules at the same time as one does with you know the beginning of the game, but it was over pretty quick. It didn't take too long for a one v one match. Not at all. I think. Probably my favorite thing, in addition to the materials that I've mentioned to T a couple times, is two people playing. It was incredibly... Like, I think I eventually won because I pulled a dirty trick. (laughs) I grabbed a card that Thor has where you can just mitigate all damage for a round. I should have won. At (laughs) At the point that I did that, I had two HP left. T had one. So I had like, two at that point, I think. That's Oh, yeah. I think I threw my hammer at you and that took you down to one. Yeah, 100%. Um, that's how close it was. And that's really cool to see. Like, there wasn't... I know it was two people kind of on the same grounds coming in to a game fresh. Uh, but it's been a long time since I've seen a 1v1 game be that close it was so well rated i've had close ones but i've never had one where it's literally like one decision down to the wire yeah you know like it it was cool it was it was nice and it didn't make anyone feel like way especially like i had really bad draws early on i wasn't getting a lot of thor's cards that let him actually do things right i was getting a lot of his cards that were like change this one of your dice to something else or 
you know, change a, one of your dice to a four or a five. And it was like, cool, but I can't play all these at the same time. I don't have the combat points for this. When am I going to get actual abilities and stuff? Right. And then I got them all kind of toward the end. But there was like a period there of bleakness where T was throwing out cards to like power up her abilities and stuff. And I was like, I don't have these. Um, but once it kind of got in it, but it, even with that, it still ended super duper close. You know? And I mean, another example of that on my side is that Thor has the ability to, when he does his defense rolls, actively block damage from being Mm -hmm. done to him depending on what he rolls whereas loki loki's defense rolls exclusively like okay you got like an illusion and maybe some bag of trick and it's like whatever and that was always really frustrating but then once i actually had the ability to use an illusion it kind of negated it or or evened that out and made the waiting much easier because thor might be able to block a couple or like half or some of the damage when he Mm -hmm. does a defense roll depending on what you pick you Loki may be able to block all of it yeah. based on the illusion. And so and once those illusions started being more commonly in play and I had access to those and I was regularly being able to throw that down and block these big attacks um more consistently, it felt it made more sense like, oh, of course I don't have a defense role. I have illusion, that's why. And the defense role might give me illusion and yeah. I got it. I, I this makes sense. I understand. Yeah. It was cool. It was a it was a really fun game. I want to try it again. <laughs> With four people, I want to try it. I want to try out Scarlet Witch. I want to try out Spider Man. Uh, the characters all felt very unique. Like T said, she was throwing down a lot of illusions on a lot of status effects and things like that. Whereas Thor was very like, very defense and very attack. He's very much the like tank type character. Right. Um. He had the ability to like. He came with a little Mjolnir token that you could throw. And retrieve at any point in time by sacrificing. You could retrieve it at any point in time by sacrificing a card. You could throw it with these powers. And it was fun to just like slam it down on her <laughs> low keyboard every time I threw it. Um, <laughs> and it, it was it was cool. It was, it was a really fun game. I didn't feel... I'm always worried going into dice games feeling really just wounded by the RNG of it. Right. Like, oh, I'm just not getting the dice rolls. Like that's the issue with dice games is that there's a lot of randomization, but they give you enough, a enough cards that allow re-rolls and allow you to choose denominations on the dice and stuff, as well as a nice, even spread of things. Like I think every character has kind of a basic attack, which is just different combinations, either like three, four or five of whatever they're like one through three symbol, their most common symbol is, right? which is a nice one to fall back on. And then they also have like short straights and large straights and et cetera, et cetera. That was another thing I was going to say is that it's really nice that not only is it like you have to roll this specific number, it's like these three numbers, your two, three, four, five or two, three, four all have the same symbols on them so you might be able to get the right combination of symbols you also might be able to get the right combination of numbers there's multiple factors being played into your roles it's yeah. not just like it's not if you're rolling normal d6 like oh hope you got a yahtzee because if you didn't you're not doing any damage it's like you may be able to get it based on the combination of symbols you may be able to get it based on the combination of the numbers you mm-hmm. it, it's more flexible yeah it's a very very well designed game i think that it has a lot of replayability Absolutely. I think the, the benefits of it is that it's quick to play. Mm-hmm. It's very easy set up and tear down. I love that. So it's it's <laughs> greatly portable. It's a wonderful game to like take to a bar or a game store or a hotel. Like someplace if you just are looking for a game 
that is quick to just pop out, play, and be done. The gameplay itself doesn't take too long. Everything being well organized and kind of minimal in the amount of like tokens and whatnot that you have floating around. Very easy cleanup. Uh, the rules, while complex and having a lot going to them, and they may take a little bit of time either watching videos explaining the rules or listening to podcasts explaining the rules or, you know, <laughs> just going through the booklet a few times. Just because there's, there's a few specific things. There's some nuance. And, but they're very good with their wording. They're very good with explaining on the cards and explaining on the powers how things work. There was like one weird thing where they're like when you when you attack resolve all damage at the end, but then the powers kind of open with the damage. Yeah. I think it would have been better to kind of stack that toward the bottom. Right. Like uh, mainly I had a power that was like do 5 damage and then roll 5 dice. And then, depending on what symbols you get, you either up the damage or you, like, bleh, you right. know. Um, you can spend the electrokinesis tokens to do more damage and et cetera, et cetera. But uh, it, put the damage at the bottom. If damage needs to be resolved at the same time as the defense roll, then put the damage at the bottom. Um, that was my only real, like, kind of nitpicky thing. Really. I will say, once we got it, you got it. It's yeah. easy. It's quick. You're flying through these rounds. You know exactly what's coming and what you're looking for and how to use all your bits. It just, yeah. it's kind of like it takes a couple rounds for you to be like, wait, do what does this do? What is this thing? How I haven't yeah. seen this before. Just, and then once you've got it, you got it's it. It's just really well designed. Like everything flows together well. Nothing feels overly tedious or complicated. There's resource management elements that don't feel really overly tedious. Mm -hmm. There is healing mechanics but they don't feel overly either over or underpowered yeah it's like you have some powers or some cards that might like give you like two hp three hp the power of attacks all felt really balanced and even like yeah even though you were loki and i was thor and presumably thor would do more damage and i definitely had more aggressive powers you know we were still both doing like five to ten damage each round each time and stuff. yeah um, it was, it was cool. It's just really well designed. It's hard to say much else about it except for that. Get it and try it out. It, it flows really well. I think probably the shining attribute of it is just how quick and easy and well organized it is to just like throw out and do. Pretty um, dang good game, guys. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't require a whole night. It's a good either game night starter or, you know, let's play this before we go out or, you know, like I said, let's take this to the bar and just play it. Really cool. The dice were nice. And being a 1v1 <laughs> game, you know, but coming with four characters in the box means that if you have four people, you can either do a 2v2 thing or do two 1v1 things. Or, you know, if you only have two people, you get two different, you know, you get a lot of different variations of character yeah. layouts to try. So Lots of different gameplay. Cool. Yeah. It's cool. So it's Dice Throne, Marvel Dice Throne. I want to try the regular one now. I'll probably try to pick that up at some point. Uh, the like just fantasy themed one. And maybe get the expansions And maybe get too. some of the expansions and stuff. Uh, there's tons of expansions for the original. So I hope they keep coming out once for the Marvel one too. But uh, really neat. Definitely yeah. recommend. Very Top good on game. the If you have any like, oops, we forgot to get Christmas gifts for this person. People. <laughs> in January. You monster. <laughs> then this will be going. This will be fun. So. Uh, but yeah, 
Dice Throne. Check it out. Highly recommend. Five, oh, out, five out of five. It yeah, was, it was, it was a solid game. Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. So that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening. If you want more content, including previous Power Gaming episodes that we've done, uh, highly recommend the episode on X-Men Mutant Insurrection. It's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, check those out on our website, CoverBPodcast.com. You can also follow us on social media at CoverBPodcast on Facebook and Instagram. So thanks again for listening. Have a great weekend. As always, I have been Chris. This has been T. It is true. And you have been listening to, to Cover, Cover B. B. Bye, everybody.